This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. Break time is over. It's the Capitals and Montreal tonight downtown. Connor McMichael is excited for this week's mentors trip. And Al Koken will join us on the stretch run and the need to bank points. Good morning, everybody. Today is Tuesday, February 6th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. A little more than two months away from the end of the regular season. The Capitals get back to action tonight with a home game against Montreal and need to get this month started on a good note this evening. Winless in four for the second time this year and coming off a road trip that provided just a single standings point in four games played. The upcoming schedule this week, simply put, is a nasty piece of business. After tonight's game, the Caps heading to Florida to take on the defending Eastern Conference champion Panthers. A road date Saturday afternoon with the Atlantic Division leading Boston Bruins and Sunday back at home to face the league's number one team in the Vancouver Canucks. There is little margin for error if the Capitals do not want to miss the postseason for the second straight year. Caps looking to get off to a good start tonight against Montreal. It's the annual mentors trip this week. Dads and father figures will be joining the traveling party to cheer on their sons in Florida and Boston. Yesterday at practice, Ben chatted with Connor McMichael on getting back after it and having his father along for the ride this week. Connor, as far as returning after the breather, team collectively, you have some ground to make up in the standings. What goes into making up some of that ground and building some momentum given a tough itinerary that's coming up as well? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, first of all, it was nice to have a little break, reset, not think about hockey for a few days. But now that we're back in it, we know that we're in a tight race in the in the playoff spots. And yeah, I think we just need to be playing with urgency. We're playing against some really good teams coming up here. So I think it's a good opportunity for us to prove that we can, we can play with these teams and, and not only play with them but beat them so it's gonna be fun may feel like a while ago now but when you think back to november december when this team was going really well you were going really well a lot of folks in this room were going really well what was present during that stretch that maybe got away a little bit in january and what goes into recapturing that type of success sustained yeah i think obviously we had not the greatest start to the year and i think that we felt that in in november december we, we were playing with urgency and every game was a huge game for us and i think we kind of let that slip a little bit and now that uh, uh, we're kind of back in that position. We want to get get back to playing at our best and uh, maintain that the rest of the year. Uh, you do have an interesting experience coming up, first time in your career, part of the Fathers and Mentors trip, Florida-Boston. What are you looking forward to? Who's here joining you this week? Yeah, it's going to be my dad, Murray. Yeah, it's exciting. I think, you know, always telling him what I do every day. It's, it's going to be different for him to actually be there and experience that and meet all the guys and all the other dads. So it's going to be fun for him. And yeah, I'm excited as well. I'm assuming he had a big influence on what you do for a living, but how so aside from the typical taking you to practice and waking up early what did, what did Murray do as far as the Connor McMichael journey? Oh, the earliest memories I have of playing hockey would be right when he came back from work I would always bring him down to the basement and we'd be playing mini sticks or, or he would go in net and I'd be shooting some plastic balls at him or whatever just we, me and him were always out on the street playing hockey in the basement shooting pucks so he had a huge influence on me and, and as well as my older brother and yeah he's been a huge help to where I am today. It's really cool because I've seen over the years your first time but I've heard over the it's rewarding both for the dads who get to see it but it's also rewarding for the players who get to show dad 
this is what it was all for. Yeah, for sure. I, my dad's a huge hockey fan even before I started playing, so his dream was always to play in the NHL, so it's going to be cool for him to get a little taste of it and see what it's really like. So he's really excited. We can't stop uh, texting back and forth for the past couple weeks, so yeah, it's going to be fun. And the final thing, to bring it full circle, there is business to take care of on the ice. It's great to have dads and father figures around, but maybe it does serve as a little extra carrot. Some guys say you, you don't want to play poorly in front of dad when he's making the trek, eh? Yeah, for sure. When I was younger and my dad was at the game, it always gave me that little extra motivation to kind of impress him or, or make him proud. So it's going to be really fun to have him here, and I think for a lot of guys it will bring motivation. Um, we're going to try and get four points while they're here, and hopefully they bring us some luck. From inside the dressing room to outside, alongside practice ice in Arlington, Al Koken and I chatting about getting back to business this week. No soft spots in the schedule for the foreseeable, and the trade deadline looms. This week might mean a lot in determining what direction the Capitals may take. Well, Al, appreciate you joining us here. Hey, we're back. Stretch run is upon us. The All-Star break is over and the Caps reconvening here in Arlington. And nice to see some hockey coming our way this week. Very nice to see some hockey coming our way. And very impressed with today's practice. It was looked like kind of like first day of training camp type of practice. A lot of battle drills. One point, Mr. Kemper got one, shall we say, in an indelicate spot. And not a single player was sympathetic to him. And then he got run over by a Nick Dowd, who he then robbed later with a beautiful glove save so there was a little spirit going on out there which I think this team really needs to get themselves to get ready for the stretch run that you talked about. Let's talk about what the week looks like first of all the game with Montreal gets it started a home game and not to take anything away from the Canadians but given what is coming later in the week this is one you want to get two points for you want to feel good after what was not a good road trip and getting back at it here after a week and hopefully the mental refresh the physical refresh is able to get them going here against Montreal. Yeah. I, there was no doubt this wasn't a good road trip to finish the early part of the season before the All-Star break. I am curious, though, that little comeback they had in Dallas to not just get the point, which is, you know, could prove to be very valuable down the road, but the way they did it. Did any of that carry over? Did the fact that I know some of it was, you know, goalie pulled six on five goals, but the ugly goals, getting to the paint, doing the things this coaching staff has been begging this team to do all season long, they finally do it and they get rewarded. Does that carry over? Can you finally get the message that the coaches have been preaching all year to this second half of the season to make a run that this is going to be needed? Because you said... Once you get past the quote-unquote easy game with Montreal, it is a murderer's row, but if you're going to be amongst the best, you got to show yourself better against the best, and they did not do that on the road. Let's see if they've learned their lessons here coming back home. You know, thinking of that Dallas game and talking with Dylan Strom after the game, and we were all almost smirking a little bit. He had lost his voice almost completely, and when we saw the emotion of, hey, the goal's going to count, and the emotion that we saw on television and that we heard from him after the game, I hear that kind of emotion and I say, listen, there's still a lot of fight here. And certainly for the year that he's having and he's become one of the leaders of this team, I love to hear that. And I thought it was also very interesting to hear Spencer Carberry after that game. Yeah, they lost in overtime, as you said. The road trip was nothing to, to be proud about. But he had an upbeat feeling about it. He talked about a group that never quit, that wouldn't back down. So you hope these little messages kind of carry over from a break, a break that everybody around the National Hockey League needed. But I want to see this with this capital team, a little more fight, a little more battle. As far as the rest of the week is concerned, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got, okay, a game in Florida. If the Panthers were in the Metropolitan Division, 
they'd be in first place. The Boston Bruins, well, they are in first place. And then Vancouver coming into town on Super Bowl Sunday afternoon for the 1.30 start. There's 22 hours in between puck drops, and they're the number one team in the league. I guess it'd be easy to say this is certainly going to be the challenge that maybe this is what they need to be able to come out of the break and say, look, if you get four points out of six in this stretch, then it can spur you maybe on the rest of the way from here. And you got the card of the dads coming in town. The dads will be in Florida. The dads will be in Boston. You always want to put on your best show in front of the dad so i agree i mean they did not look good against the good teams they faced i'm not putting st louis in that group even though they're kind of in the mix minnesota to a certain degree but you could see early on how badly they were outplayed from the first period on in, in colorado and then until the late third period comeback against Dallas. So if you're going to test yourself against these good teams, now's the time to see if you can do something differently than what you did not do against those good teams on the road. So, yeah, I think this is going to be beneficial. And let's also be brutally honest here. The front office is going to have to make up its mind before the March trade deadline. And are they going to be in a situation where it's exactly the same as last year? Does it feel differently than last year? What are other teams looking for that you may have or you may need? All these things are going to be, I think, determined within these, as you talk about, this stretch of games against excellent teams. That's got to be, to me, if the front office and Brian McClellan hasn't made up his mind at this point, these next few games are going to do it for him. No, I think there's no question. You think back to last year, Brian was very much a man of action and got out ahead of the curve last year. After a home loss to Anaheim, uh, that was really kind of the end of it. But it was also, you know, that's when Hathaway and Orlov got traded. And, you know, it was relatively early because the deal you may be looking for might be there. So just being real on what we're looking at here, if the Caps are going to make a run for that eight spot. And by the way, I mean, we all hope they do. But the value that you'd have for all the kids coming from Hershey to get that kind of experience, even if you look at it and say, listen, this doesn't look like a team going to June, perhaps. But that doesn't mean that it wouldn't be valuable and it's something to kind of keep in mind you'd love to see and I guess that's what we'll see here in the next week or two. And on the flip side of that John all year long Brian McClellan has continued to say we're looking for top six players. We're looking to improve our group. Well you may not look at this team as a buyer but what happens if the right player suddenly becomes available? Don't you have to kind of jump into the mix if that's your stated goal to find the type of player that you think you need for not just the rest of this year but down the road? So to me it's a very fluid situation, but I really am curious to see how this is going to approach. And and also, too, as a general manager, what do you owe your new coach? And as well as your veteran players. And I mean, there's more in it than just, okay, I'm determined I'm a seller or I'm a determined I'm a buyer. Well, that's great for us to kind of speculate on. But Brian McClellan's got to look at the whole picture. What message does it send to the players that remain if you do make moves and do what you did last year? Or if you're saying to Spencer Carberry and his staff, Spencer, you've done a much better job than I thought we were going to, you know, you put us in a position I didn't think we were going to be in. Don't you owe him then and his staff and the rest of the players to add a little something? So I agree. I, these next few games are going to have such a momentous impact on decisions being made on what we're going to do at the trade deadline and beyond. 
Last one for you. This is just an observation from a hockey perspective. I can't believe where the Vancouver Canucks are compared to where they were 12 months ago. If you would have said Quinn Hughes was going to be in the top defensive pairing in the league, I might have bought that. I don't know if I would have thought that Philip Aronik would have been in that. He is. Uh, this team that we see on Sunday with a job that Rick Tockett has done, it's just unbelievable to me. I remember watching them earlier in the year thinking, eh, we'll see where they are at November, December. Here they are. They're on top of the world coming down the stretch. And been very aggressive. We need a bigger defenseman? Let's go get Nikita Dzorov. We need another center? Let's go get Elias Lindholm. I mean, they have gone after it. They've, they've pushed their chips to the middle of the table. I mean, they're, they're telling you, we believe this is a year that we can win the Stanley Cup, not just be in contention for the Stanley Cup. I, I really am impressed by that. The other thing that it continues to remind me of, what did we see with the Capitals in 18, right? Yeah, third, fourth lines, blah, blah, blah. But a big, strong defense led by a guy like Brooks Orpik, who all the spreadsheet hockey analysts were, you know, all over. And then when you want to win a Stanley Cup, you need a Brooks Orpik to win you a Stanley Cup. What happened last year with Vegas? What happened a couple years before with Colorado? Big, physical defense. When you look at that Vancouver defense, yeah, Quinn's a slippery, elusive guy, but Zadorov. Myers at six foot seven. They've got size back there as well, so they're really kind of going on the mold of the people that, that preceded them. Right after the the Caps won in 2018, the Blues won in 2019, and we talked about Joel Edmondson, the role he played as a big physical guy with a guy like Colton Pareko and Bertuzzo and big guys. They've really looked at the blueprint of success. The teams who have won recently, and it all continues around a huge defense and great goaltending, and they've got all of that in spades. It's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, interesting week here on the home front as well. Al, we appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Always good to be with you, John. Great stuff from Smokin' Al Koken. Hockey's back tonight at 7th and half. It's the Capitals and the Montreal Canadiens at 7 Eastern, 645 airtime on 106.7 The Fan, and always right here on Caps Radio 24-7. Heard for free at CapsRadio247.com. Have a great game day Tuesday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.